0: Chelsea
1: and I'm Andrew, and welcome to Hugging and Learning, a podcast where we look at special episodes from our childhood and see if they hold up today.
0: Uh, today we are talking about a very special episode of the show, Punky Brewster. The episode title is Accidents Happen. It is season two, episode 22. You can watch it on Amazon Prime for $1.99. It's not included with your Amazon Prime subscription. Um, the writer was David Ducklin. Are we pronouncing? I don't know I if I'm pronouncing right. that. Uh, the creator of the show. Right. So the show's creator wrote this episode seemingly by himself, and there is a special guest star.
1: There sure is. We'll get to that in a yeah. moment. Yeah.
0: Um, the original air date is the 9th of March, 1986, which is a very... Um, Uh, Very specific to the episode
1: Yeah, very much so And when I did the math on this I found it very disturbing Um, So let's talk about Punky Brewster The show Which is about a young girl Named Penelope Brewster Mm -hmm. Nicknamed Punky Mm -hmm. Who's adopted uh, Who's uh, fancy free and carefree And uh, you know, wacky little kid And she's adopted by a stuffy old guy
0: after she's abandoned with her dog Brandon in a supermarket by her mother. Yeah. She they live in Chicago. Mhm. Um, she finds her way into this building and is, she's taken in by Henry, who's a old curmudgeon. Yes. And then actually a lot of the show deals with custody. So it's, he doesn't take her in and get custody of her immediately. He's her foster father. He wants to adopt her. There are problems. There are ups and downs. This is a, a running theme throughout both seasons of the show. Right.
1: Punky Brewster seems to vacillate between Custody issues, special episodes, and boy, that punky is precocious. It might as well be called Precocious Brewster.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, there are—Punky Brewster aired for four seasons between 1984 and 1988, and it covered a lot of dark Uh, material—murder, bankruptcy, kids trapped in refrigerators, the frailty of adults, Mm. child abandonment, ghosts, (laughs) uh, flaws in the foster care system, all kinds of stuff, and this episode is no exception.
1: Right. So— Let's discuss quickly. So, what would you consider to be the starting point for this, the uh, ordinary world?
0: Well, this is interesting. First of all, I'd like to establish that Punky is supposed to be probably about nine, because she's eight in the pilot. We're at the very end of season two. In fact, this is the last episode. The show was canceled shortly after this episode. Sure. And then it came back in syndication
1: for two more seasons, but... And then, um, by the way, it's notable that it also became a Saturday morning cartoon where Punky had an alien friend, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I don't
0: remember that. I I did read that all the original actors reprised their... Roles as the voices of their right. characters. Yeah. Um, so this is the last episode of the series in a way. Wow! Um, and so I forgot because I liked this show. However, I was very I was a single digits child when this show aired, mm-hmm. so I don't remember it very well. But I do remember liking it. Um, and I forgot that Punky's room is bonkers amazing. Murals on every wall.
1: There is. She sleeps in a goddamn wagon.
0: It's amazing. It's on wheels. There's a doghouse in the a room for do, her huge, beautiful, golden retriever,
1: a Brandon. A two-story doghouse. Yes. Um, she's got a
0: huge picture window with a killer skyline view.
1: Yeah.
0: It's an amazing space. Walls are
1: painted. It's it's like uh, a, we run into this often in like, shows that are uh, oriented around families where it's like some sort of weird... Kid fantasy of like, man, I would love to have that life. This pops yeah. up in yeah, the yeah, yeah. Kid, show, Silver Spoons. It's kid fantasy for sure. We're about a rich family. Also, where her wardrobe is amazing for sure, and she's very punky about things. Mm-hmm. Let's so let's pause real quick. Mm-hmm. Chelsea, what is our snack of the week?
0: Our snack this week is good old-fashioned York peppermint patty. Bring it back. Which I love. The York peppermint patty has been around since 1940, was first produced in York, Pennsylvania, which is where the name Makes comes sense. from.
1: I never thought of that.
0: Um, and it is, uh, it's dark chocolate around a peppermint confection.
1: Would you say it's enrobed?
0: I would say that the chocolate enrobes the peppermint confection. Yes. So.
1: Then you would have written the Wikipedia article for this. <laughs> there is no confection. way you don't
0: know what this is. Yeah. Uh, this is what we're eating this week. They're delicious.
1: We're we're keeping it we're keeping it light this week. Yeah yeah yeah. All right. So here we go.
0: Tastes exactly like you remember every time.
1: Yeah, this was a real safe choice. Uh, we didn't really, <laughs> really break out of any sort of like. Um, yeah, no, this was this was a good idea. It tasted uh, as good as I thought it was going to taste, and now I'm done.
0: So lights up on Punky's amazing room, and the I want to point out the dog Brandon is listening to a Walkman using headphones. Yeah, uh, and he's of course listening to how much is that doggy in the window.
1: This show really deals intensely with. Uh, a secret battle between Punky and Brandon the dog to see who can be more adorable.
0: Oh, gosh. It's a hard, hard fought battle.
1: Brandon's winning, by <laughs> the way.
0: God, he's so good. Um,
1: this is a great dog actor, by the way. Amazing. Let's, never you forget.
0: I've noted many high points of his performance in this episode.
1: There are many high points um, to note.
0: Yeah. So, Punky can't sleep. And... Um, The ordinary. So this is the ordinary world. In terms of the hero's journal, journal, Punky is this kid. She lives a great life Mm -hmm. in spite of all the murder and ghosting and everything that happens. She's got this awesome room and this awesome dog and this father figure that loves her, and she goes to school with friends that love her, and she's a happy-go-lucky kid.
1: And I would say that that's sort of the the plot of the episode is happy-go-lucky. Precocious child and stuffy father, you know, work to meet in the middle to become a family.
0: Yes. Um, So, at the top of this specific episode, which is called Accidents Happen, um, Punky can't sleep. And the first thing she does is uh, she decides to write in her diary and she takes it out and she apologizes to her diary for not writing for a long time, which is the most ordinary world thing ever. Sure. I am a freaking professional writer and half my entries in my childhood diaries are me apologizing to an inanimate object about the dip in our correspondence. It's just,
1: it's. And also equal parts promising to do better next time.
0: (laughs) Right. So that's why I stopped keeping them because they're just, they're just guilt inducing.
1: Really? Truly. Just like a
0: thing that I'm not keeping up with. So anyway, punky is apologizing and the, the, format of this episode is a thing that happens sometimes in very special episodes and it uh, where the lesson has already been learned
1: the, you and, won't believe what happened to me recently right
0: and we're going back in time Three for, the, weeks. for the call to adventure yeah. and and the whole hero's journey so we actually start in the present, which is uh, ostensibly the air date, 9th March, 1986. And we go back in time three weeks to. Uh, can we say it now? No,
1: no, no. Let's. Uh, if you've never seen this episode before, let's really save it until okay, the moment until it, it occurs in the episode. Okay. So, yes, we go uh, three weeks back in time to uh, the kitchen for some comical business. Yeah,
0: she's uh, trying to teach Brandon. Uh, a a sleight of hand trick as you do with your dog. Although Brandon picks a card with his teeth, which is freaking amazing. Yeah. And now I need to learn a card trick so I can rope my dog, Boudin, into being my assistant. Yeah, you do. And then Brandon winked at the camera and my heart fully exploded. I
1: I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. It's incredible. Because this is well before the, the, the practical CGI would have worked. They had to get this dog to wink at the camera. It's amazing. The audience laughs and it is not enough. Uh, The audience should have run down and hugged Brandon. It's incredible.
0: Also, her sweater is amazing in this scene. Someone in my mid-20s once called me a mid-20s Punky Brewster, and I really – that was a huge compliment to me. I'm super, super into all her quirky, mismatched, on-purpose fashions. Oh, for
1: sure. So the uh, fun with Brandon aside, the call to adventure comes in the continuation of this scene where Punky goes to meet her father – in the living room, her father's come home from whatever work he does. He's a photographer. Photography work? Yep. And she tells him that it is career day this week. She's mm-hmm. going to have to, uh, apparently her class is dressing up as their career of choice. And, which is adorable. Yeah, it's pretty great. We'll get to that. Um, and Henry uh, has brought her a present, which is... An Old timey camera. It's His so first old. camera. His first camera, which I don't even recognize as a camera. It is a box with a lens on it. It is, but not like a. It's it's somewhere between like the big boxes that you'd have to throw a sheet over yourself to do, yeah. and a regular camera like you and I would
0: use. Yeah. So uh, he's got this camera, which he says he's kept in mint condition, mm. and he wants to pass it on to her, and she has no interest.
1: Not at all, because which
0: she- I mean what kid doesn't have at least some interest in having a camera. Yeah, You don't have to want to be a photographer.
1: Right. There's some middle ground here where it's not like you don't have to devote your entire life to photography. <laughs> right. But here's thanks just for a, the camera. Here's a goddamn present though. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Here's a, a modicum of gratitude.
0: And then Brandon comes in, Brandon the dog, and he wants to try the card trick on Henry, which is amazing. Yeah. And we're still firmly in the ordinary world here. Uh, so this is just adorable. And we're setting up that... Punky has career aspirations that she's very set upon.
1: Sure. Let's note real quick, though, that Brandon the dog does a legit card trick of guessing the card. It's incredible. And nobody either tries to exploit it for money or calls a priest. <laughs> <laughs> either one of which would be the normal response. Instead, Henry... Was kind of hung up on his bullshit. He's like, <laughs> "Well, do you want a camera, Brandon? Like, get over it." And him, Brandon
0: I mean. runs away. Yeah, rightfully so. Henry's probably in his seventies, and he's really trying to like. Now that he's got a kid, he clearly wants to have some sort of legacy. He asks, he it? says That's to it. Punky, "Like, don't you want to take over a thriving business?" And she says. No, let me see if any of my friends want your business. Nothing about
1: you, Henry, seems (laughs) thriving to me.
0: This is a whole thing. Is that like he almost loses her because his photography studio burns down earlier in the season, and then they take him away. They take her away because they say like he's old and now he doesn't have a source of income and this is not a stable home. It's a whole thing. In fact, I do remember this. This is like the five episode arc that happens right before this. So he's just gotten her back, really.
1: Hey, remember that traumatic event? Here's a constant. Reminder, Right. my camera, never forget I can never take forget. you out of this world. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> so, on that note, we go to school. We go to Yay. the aforementioned career day, which is uh, equal parts fun, not great, and troubles.
0: Yeah, being presided over by hip teacher Mike Fulton.
1: Mike Fulton! He's, uh, <laughs> man, he is your fun, so hip. fun brand T-shirt teacher, teacher. Or t-shirt. Teacher. <laughs> he is your fun brand teacher teacher
0: Cherry, uh, Punky's best friend Cherry, who's the actress's actual f- name is Cherry. She's the only actor Johnson, on the show to use her both, real yeah, first name.
1: First and last.
0: Um is serving early 80s queer woman realness with her enormous neck bow. She's an architect. She is. Uh, she's because talking about she
1: couldn't think of anything else to be.
0: Yeah, but then she's talking about she's drawn a poster about creating a post-race, post-gender, post-religion commune she wants to build where all people can live harmoniously and quote, "pay me real high rent."
1: Yeah. It's the '80s. Uh, it's the '80s where that's the sort 80s, of thing.
0: Then Alan comes to school. Oh boy, dressed as Rambo, toting a child-sized AK-47 toy with no orange tip because nope. it was a simpler time for white privilege.
1: Bring a gun to school, kids. It'll be fun.
0: And brandishing that about and talking about wanting to be Rambo. He wants to be Rambo as a job.
1: Yeah, and uh, there's a, there's jokes on top of this, but honestly, I'm. I'm just too tired to to recite them. It is just not worth the air and forming words to to, to go look it up or don't. You'll be fine either way. Something to note is there is a descending relevance of career choices in this class. Uh, (laughs) Mike, cool teacher points out like the relevant ones. He says, oh, look, here's a fireman and a doctor and a ballerina. Okay, fine. Great cop. There's a cop also. And then one of the kids is like, I want to be a jewel thief. He's wearing a baklava. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Balaclava. (laughs) He's 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 wearing wearing, a pastry. He's wearing a delicious (laughs) treat because he, like myself, have gotten two words confused. He's wearing a balaclava. At first, I'm like, oh, he wants to be a ninja. But no, he wants to be a goddamn jewel thief, which doesn't prompt a discussion of like, hey, kid, no. And also that's real specific. You're going to have to work your way up from a basic thug.
0: Right, right, right. You're going to have to work basic B&E first.
1: And then Jewel Thief, the kid who wants to be Rambo. God bless him. There's also a clown. Yeah. Um, I feel like
0: you could just start doing that now.
1: And then my favorite, and you can barely spot this kid. He is in the back (laughs) corner of the room, behind everybody. You see him for about (laughs) two seconds in two separate shots. can't wait. And he is dressed as a straight-up street urchin. (laughs) He looks like a fucking newsie. Nobody, like, this should be the center of discussion. It's like, do you, are you, what's wrong? What has happened here? Have you set your sights on being... Maybe
0: he wants to be a time traveler.
1: I hope. Like, that's the best case scenario right there, is he wants to, like... But honestly, it just looks like a kid who is like, this is, I look, I know myself. Yeah. I'm not smart. <laughs> Best I can do is beg people. Oh my God. <laughs> Give me that hat, well- dad. <laughs>
0: So Margo, who's the rich girl in class in, Yeah, classic And I'm sure a super big disappointment to her parents Wants <laughs> to be the lady who points at prizes on a game show Sure And she is wearing an amazing glittery pink 1920s style drop waist dress That I really, really want uh, The costumer on this show, or at least this episode, is named Jean Doucette oh. And he was a visionary And I'm beginning to think that he heavily informed my adult sense of style In a non-ironic subconscious way What else
1: did they work on, do you know? I don't know. Just that that's all it takes?
0: I also couldn't find him on IMDb. Huh. I had to watch the actual credits at the end of this episode. Well, speaking of things name. that
1: we oughtn't know but do anyway, the kid who plays the Rambo kid mm-hmm. starred in a couple of other children television series and then went on to a very prosperous career as an electrician in film and TV.
0: Good for Alan. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Punky, of course, is our hero. She comes in in an amazing astronaut costume. She comes
1: in uh, five to ten minutes late, by the way. Right. Big Labor class it's fine. with her
0: dog. Yeah, uh, Brandon's with her. The dog. He Great. is dressed as an alien because that's adorable. Yeah, and she's um, dressed as an astronaut. Also, I'm not going to space without my dog either. So yeah. I get it. She puts up a poster. Uh, with uh, to as a visual aid with photos of Buzz Aldrin and Sally Ride. Yes. And she inspires everyone in the class to want to be astronauts. Like
1: Madeline style. Everybody wants to do whatever Punky's Oh is my doing. god,
0: amazing. Let's be astronauts. Hip teacher Mike Fulton says, hey, since you guys all want to be astronauts now, let's watch next week's Uh, launch of the space shuttle because there's a lady teacher on board. Which is weird because that's not one of the professions we usually gender in that way, even in the 80s, lady Lady teacher. teacher. Uh, But he says the class will all watch it live and they all cheer.
1: Fantastic. What a great thing. What a great thought. Nothing could possibly go wrong uh, to the next scene. Uh, Uh, So,
0: yeah. Okay. So normally... We'd still be in act one, but I'd argue that we switch to act two and enter the special world between these two scenes yeah. because this <clears throat> is – we don't see it. But what happens between these two scenes is that the class – we jump ahead a week and the class watches the doomed space shuttle launch of the right. Challenger They watch the
1: space shuttle Challenger explode. launch and explode in real time in their classroom. That is – By the way, tastefully enough done by Punky coming home early from school and Henry being like, what's wrong? And Punky saying, we were watching the space shuttle and exploded. Act break.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, apparently all of the – so I did – there's a lot written about the writing of this show. Sure. Um, The purpose of the show – so there's an article in the LA Times that ran before the show – ran. This episode aired three weeks after the explosion. Yeah, They started working on it the day after the explosion. They couldn't put it, they wanted to air it immediately but they were in the middle of this five episode arc about Henry losing custody of her and having to get her back and all this kind of stuff. And the show's creator wrote this himself, which is important.
1: Before you do that, let me just give the the time frame. The Challenger explosion was on January 28th, 1986. And again, this episode happens, uh, airs March 9th. 1986.
0: Then they wanted to air it sooner. They actually thought it would be better if kids had it fresher in their minds when they aired
1: it. The mid 80s, that three week turnaround is insane for a TV series.
0: So, um, the purpose of this episode, Ducklin explained in an interview, uh, the interview with the LA Times is to help young viewers who are its principal audience deal with the feelings that the disaster may have engendered and to encourage those who are interested in the space program to continue pursuing their goals. Uh, He said that the idea for the episode began forming on the night of the disaster as he watched television coverage and saw the attention that was paid to how children might be affected by having witnessed the tragedy. And then he heard the following day that Soleil Moon Frye, the child actor who played Punky Brewster like her character had talked about becoming an astronaut, now said the next day she wasn't so sure she wanted to be one anymore. And he says, quote, it seemed like there was an opportunity here to, if possible, help some of the children around the country work their way through that kind of experience. So you and I have talked on this podcast before about how much are very special episodes, a moral obligation that writers feel like they have to their young audiences, and how much are they money and ratings grabs. And I feel like in this episode we can I will err on the side if I'm naive then I, I will own it but I firmly believe this was a an altruistic yeah move the it's, idea that like kids watch this kids love the space program now they're terrified we have the platform to help
1: if there's any evidence to be had of that it's just the quick turnaround there's not enough time for like a full marketing push there's not enough time to plan it um, And uh, if it was more of a cash grab, they would have said, forget this five-season or five-episode arc. Let's just do it now so we can sell toys. Here's my question. Uh, How old were you when this happened?
0: I was three years old.
1: Great. I was 10, just to give you all an idea. Um, And I do remember it happening. We didn't watch it live, uh, but I was at home. I think, yeah. We were in between. we just moved from one state to another. I was at home, and my dad, who worked in the Air Force at the time, called my mom, and so we saw my mom get the phone call and like crumple and start crying. I don't think it really hit us um, I don't I mean I was a, about punky's age, maybe a little bit older, but it really it was a Devastating thing for a lot of reasons, but mostly because America didn't lose like that. Yeah. There was a lot of we can do no wrong in the mid 80s, and this was a we lost something. We didn't achieve the thing we wanted to achieve. It was also the first time that I remember national jokes, inappropriate national jokes. Uh Uh-huh. Which seemed like the next day people had, like, goofy jokes to tell about the the space shuttle exploding. Uh, What does NASA stand for? Need another seven astronauts.
0: Oh, my God. Dude, I know. That's horrifying. Again,
1: the next day. It's like, I don't understand what that is about our society,
0: I mean, or at least at
1: that time, gallows I
0: mean, humor. I guess so, but that's insensitive. Those people had families.
1: Yeah, they did. Absolutely. I'm not saying like that was great. I'm saying like I'm still astounded. I'm saying that I'm still astounded that you know people had moments like that and they were like, "Well, here's how to be insensitive about it."
0: Yeah. So I was watching this episode and of of Punky Brewster. I didn't watch the Challenger explode. I was three years old. I probably learned about it at an age when I could process it. Sure. But I watched the Twin Towers fall live on TV. Same. And I was in college, and I just started college, and the first plane hit the first tower, and I was working in the theater department office. It was my student job. And someone wheeled a TV out of the closet and put the news on, and we watched live as the second plane hit the second tower.
1: So weird, the exact same thing, to give you an idea of how my college career when i was also in college at that time <laughs> thanks community college you really slowed me down
0: and while different it's mm-hmm. the same feeling of like horror and the loss of life and the america doesn't lose what's going on
1: right but i i feel like there's a difference between also by the way in my theater department where they wheeled a tv into the room it's very strange we both mm-hmm. had like the same we were in the in a class when somebody heard about it and then it sunk in while we were in class that it was like this is a disaster this is and we all slowly got up and left um
0: yeah but it it i think it's it was a defining moment in my life sure and i feel like it for anyone who watched this live, it would have been a defining moment in their life, too. So many people were watching this live. Yeah. Um, even in this point in time, in 1986, press coverage of this event was so extensive that they estimate 85% of Americans heard about it within the hour.
1: Sure. So Again, it was just the biggest tragedy. One of the biggest parts of this tragedy was that people, you know, it was at a specific time where you could watch live TV in a classroom. Also there was a teacher involved. Why not show children this thing? Right. So Miles uh our sound producer and director and all around do whatever guy. What was your your how you're right between Chelsea and I in in our age. So what would you say your your experience was with
2: with the space shuttle exploding? I uh I, so I was one of the kids that actually watched it live happen on TV. So I was kind of in, I guess, Punky Brewster's sort of situation. I remember it being talked about coming up that week, or I feel like it, it, had been talked about a lot, you know, and I remember it striking me because I was thinking to myself, oh, this woman's going to be going up. She's a teacher. My, my teacher, she's a woman. And like, so I, there was like this, um, immediacy to me, to this woman who I'd never met before that's going to be launched, um, uh, in, by the space shuttle. Right. Uh, and I thought that was really amazing. And then I remember watching it on the TV and I had never seen one of these things happen before, so I didn't know what it was supposed to look like or what to expect. And I just remember seeing the plumes of smoke and the footage, you're not really able to see the, the ship much. You know. You just sort of see the contrail and the, the the smoke coming out from underneath the rocket. And then you see some sort of like uh, anomaly happen. But in my child brain, I was like, that's probably just a normal thing i have no idea what that, i remember
1: when i first saw it you don't quite understand when it when it's happened uh they're just the one trail of smoke becomes three of them and you're like but we know that the the things break off at some point is right that just
2: this yeah and then it i don't think it really occurred at least to me until i saw my teachers leave the room and start talking to one another that th- something had wrong w- w- had happened and uh I don't remember how the news was actually explained to us, or even if we went home early. That part was a wash, but I do remember very, very vividly uh, watching that on the television. Yeah.
1: That's so bottom. you
0: were sorry. Go ahead. So you were one of the kids that this episode would have been directly uh, aimed at. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, now we're firmly in Act Two in this special world. This is way outside the ordinary world of sure. punky being happy go lucky and having a cozy safe family and wanting to be an astronaut and the journey that she's on and the journey that all the kids watching would have been on is how to deal with your feelings right. about this
1: and they they address that punky recounts how she felt while it was going on what people did that some kids were crying it's it's very tastefully written to be like a a sitcom child explaining a serious situation.
0: Yeah, and Henry learns about this explosion from Punky, which yeah. imagine a world in which something that huge could happen and you don't have your TV or radio on and you just don't know. Yeah. No one calls you because they're doing they're calling other people. Um, I remember that, but now I have these news alerts on my phone and I know immediately every time anything happens and it feels kind of magical to me to be informed of something by a child. But I am a little bit like she comes home early, and he says, you're home early. You don't send a whole school full of kids home early without calling their guardians. Yeah,
1: you probably <laughs> make sure that. No, no, I that's walked not. home
0: through Chicago by myself.
1: Here's the thing, though. It was 1986. They I would have know. totally just put you back on a fucking bus and said good luck. Um, no, no, no. I 100% have, have been sent home from school at a young age, and because it was early, my parents weren't home, and I just sat on my stoop until my parents got home. Wow. People ain't care about children until the <laughs> 90s.
0: Because so many of them went missing in the 80s.
1: So then uh, the next scene takes place back at school. Teacher Mike has everybody sitting. Oh, wait.
0: Before we go back to school, yeah. Henry, Punky asks Henry why this happened.
1: Oh, that's, yes.
0: And he says the only thing that you can say to a child in this moment, which is some version of what he says sometimes bad things happen to good people. Yeah. Um, now we know that the challenger exploded because 73 seconds after liftoff, the external fuel tank exploded after a rocket booster came loose and ruptured the tank. And this happened because the seal around the primary O ring failed. Mm -hmm. Um, but it
1: didn't for the longest time. It was like, what happened?
0: Um, but, uh, Punky just can't stop crying. And this is hours after the explosion, which, as you said, tastefully, they don't show, and no one is shown watching it because the creators thought that would be exploitative and emotional overload. And it's worth noting that the writer, uh, Ducklin, worked with several child psychologists in writing this episode.
1: And it shows. Uh, Henry wants to turn on the television and Punky's like, I've seen enough. I can't watch it again. Yeah. Which is very fair because in the... From the moment it happened live, they didn't stop replaying it. Same with September 11th. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, again, we're at a very specific time in history where it's like we we have clear images of this and we have news that happens all the time and we're just going to keep on showing you. Yeah. So then the next scene is we're back in school. Yeah. Cool teacher Mike is now somber teacher Mike. Yep. Uh,
0: and and this they're is,
1: sitting crisscross applesauce in a circle.
0: And this is definitely a meeting with the mentor, an older, wiser ally is providing training. And the training is, the journey we're on is how do we deal with our feelings?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And he, again, the, the fact that child psychologists were involved in this really shows through in the fact that, This is really led in a few different directions, all of which are beneficial to a discussion about tragedy. Um, They do have, like, for example, they're like, what were you kids thinking? And one of the the Rambo kid discusses the unreality of it in a poorly chosen line of, I just kept hoping they'd cut away to a commercial. And when they came back, the astronauts would be saved by Mr. T.
0: Uh, Alan also is a kid dressed as Rambo. His idiot dad has told him they should stop sending people into space. Um, Alan has just got, Alan's, no one's parenting this child well. Alan is
1: but, the the brick wall where he throws yeah, shitty ideas against. Yeah. He's like, I'll jump. That, that idea could stick to me.
0: <laughs> but hip teacher Mike Fulton is doing some really good teaching. Sure is. He's saying, uh, he's, he's, Asking these leading questions in a very concise, like in a very pointed way about, um, and, and leading these kids into saying that, yes, the astronauts were brave and yeah. no, they didn't get to finish their this mission. Is
1: the most amazing part yeah, of this episode. But we're
0: proud of them for trying and we're proud of them, you know, like exploration involves risk.
1: He dissects this tragedy in a way where it's like, yes, we are sad because of this thing that happened, but... Shouldn't we feel proud that they tried? Yes. Didn't they get started on their mission? Shouldn't we be happy and proud of them for that? And
0: not scared to start things. There it is. And Margot says uh, probably teachers won't want to go anymore. And hip teacher Mike Fulton says he would still go in a heartbeat.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, And just as a note, uh, as for the Teachers in Space program, and this was supposed to be the maiden voyage of the Teachers in Space program, it was... Uh, 18 years before another teacher—21 years, sorry, before another teacher went up into space. In August of 2007, Barbara Morgan, who was actually the backup teacher for the Challenger flight, became the first teacher in space. Uh, And so, yeah, 21 years we went before we had another teacher in space.
1: That's insane. That's that's not insane. I get it because— you know, what kind of horrifying yeah. PR disaster would it be if it's like every time we send a teacher up? Yeah. I, mean, I don't mean that in a flippant way. I'm just no, saying no. literally they wouldn't want to do that. Let's move along. This point but feels weird. Also,
0: but that's the thing about astronauts that I didn't realize as a kid is that they are military. They're Air Force pilots. Sure. Yeah. And there's something about, and I don't say, i try I'm trying to say this with all um, uh, respect and admiration as a person whose brother just recently got out of the military when you sign up for a career in the armed services there is an idea that you are doing something you are risking your life sure. there is even people die in training people that never see combat die and it's when a when a mission explodes obviously it's horrifying and it's sad and But there was a civilian on that flight.
1: Yeah, there
0: was a person who didn't sign up for. I'm sure there was. She knew there were risks and everything, but she was not a member of the military. uh,
1: My dad was a pilot. He flew F-16s at this time. Um, For whatever reason, I didn't connect the dots on Mm -hmm. that as a kid. But then he was in the first uh, Gulf War. um, At which point, I was like, "Oh no, he could die," and that really hit hard for me. Then it just. But again, that's sort of a. A thing you grow up with, I guess, understanding from a very early age is like, my dad's in the military, he flies planes, right. that's dangerous. I've seen Top Gun, people die all the time. Right. Um, it's hard to connect that dot from unreality to reality, but... Right.
0: So now uh, we're approaching the inmost cave. This is interesting because we don't um, transition to a different scene. We're still at school, crisscross applesauce, hip mm. teacher Mike Fulton yeah. talking the kids through this, and... Cherry asks Punky if she's still interested in putting her life and the life of her dog on the line in the name of science. Yeah. And Punky says, yeah, she still wants to be an astronaut. And the other kids are hateful about they- it.
1: I mean, not just piece of shit, Alan, <laughs> everybody is like, are oh, you out of here. I think Alan literally says you're crazy.
0: Yeah. Alan says she's crazy. Alan is going to grow up to take over the family business and live in the house next door to his dad. Alan is not going to have any individual thoughts that are not sure. implanted there by either his dad or pop culture. Absolutely. Alan's, let's just write him off right now. So then, so, uh, she and she looks upset, obviously. Yeah.
1: All the kids are telling turn you she's on her she's out of her goddamn mind when they were just supportive yesterday. Yeah, so they're very fickle. Fair weather. Should Friends, be. so <laughs> so we go back home. So yeah. we're we're at home, and we remember that this is a sitcom because uh, in these troubling times, we delve back into a trope of look at that guy wearing a dress. Yeah,
0: Henry is partaking in some light drag. One of his <laughs> uh, one of his neighbors, Betty, is fitting a dress on him, you yeah. know, with pins and things. And and at the end, she sticks him with a pin, and he freaks out. And she tells him to be a man. And he's wearing a dress and laugh track and. Um, the doorbell rings, and it's hip teacher Mike Fulton
1: with Buzz Fucking Aldrin.
0: (laughs) Buzz Aldrin.
1: His middle name is fucking.
0: Um, (laughs) Betty is appropriately starstruck. The neighbor, um, and how Mike got into the same room as Buzz is hazy, but
1: it's weird. It's also first. uh, First, it's not explained. Also, uh, hip teacher Mike comes in and says, "I've got Buzz Aldrin," which Henry is like, "He can't see me like this," right? And runs out of the room. Or or does that happen earlier? No,
0: no, no. He just, there's just a knock on the door and Henry runs out of oh, the room. Oh, sure. And then Buzz Aldrin comes in and then Buzz, uh, Buzz says that he has heard about Punky and wants to come and reassure her. Yeah. Uh, and uh, with her, Mike, the rest of America's children.
1: Yeah. Hip teacher Mike has seen Buzz Aldrin at a symposium and then said, hey, Buzz Aldrin, Got a real bummed out kid. Yeah. Please come to her house. And Buzz Aldrin's like, absolutely. Cool,
0: which is super sweet. And I'm it's just nice. going to let it go. It's totally okay. improbable. You know what? But fair. it's super sweet.
1: Absolutely fair. Um,
0: Henry gets is super excited, as we all would be. He gets to meet American hero Buzz Aldrin dressed in a floral dress. And Buzz Aldrin, to his great credit, just takes that dress in stride. He Buzz, says nothing I've, about it. I've
1: written it down. Buzz Aldrin is shockingly cool with this old, <laughs> excited, non-binary guy <laughs> so, in a dress. He's
0: so cool. Good for Buzz. Yeah. They take a photo together. Um, It's great. And then Punky uh, comes home because Betty went to get her. She was upstairs with Cherry. Yeah. And then Punky comes in and she's super into Buzz Aldrin because, of course, she is. Holy shit. Yeah. And this is the supreme ordeal. This is the climax. It's not so much a battle because it's not that kind of a narrative. But we have... A combo mentor slash ordeal figure, which mm. is super interesting uh, because the thing that Punky needs to conquer is her own fear and self doubt.
1: Well, let's, let's break that down for a, a hot second. Explain the, an ordeal mentor sort of thing.
0: Well, it's not a thing that ever happened. So, uh, uh, and this may be incorrect. This is the way I interpreted this. So the ordeal is the showdown with the shadow. Yes. The ordeal is the climax, the biggest battle, Hip teacher Mike Fulton has served as the mentor up to this point um, and does a great job. But in this moment, Punky needs to take on head-on the shadow. Right. The biggest threat that she's up against, which is her own fear, her own bad feelings. And they bring in this, basically a huge cheerleader to be on the sidelines of her interior struggle. Right. Um, and so he's mentoring her through this, which is, you know, it's a therapeutic approach. It's not a battle as much as a reconciliation with her own fear. Right. Um, they talk in the same way that uh, she talked the kids all talked with their teacher about how they feel and if they're scared and buzz aldrin is is uh not as well trained in the ways of child therapy but he does a great job right (laughs) but he does a great job
1: real quick buzz aldrin has apparently always been super old (laughs) this is 1986 he's super old he was on 30 rock a couple years back super old um,
0: but he does a good job. He does
1: a great job. I'm sorry. It, I don't mean to... to, to
0: and he did know. it. He did the episode. He like fit the filming of the episode into his super busy schedule. That's great. Because it was important to yeah. him.
1: Okay. Well, no, I'm an asshole, and that's fine. You are.
0: Um, this is, <laughs> so at the end of the advice, Buzz gives Punky a young astronaut's T-shirt, which... And this
1: seems like a good thing. This is a really like, hey, if you like astronomy... Here's a way to explore that, which is in the safety of a four kids program. Right. Which I think is really smart.
0: And we all know that 80s and 90s kids will do anything for a free t-shirt. They'll also when do we, anything to
1: go to fucking space camp, which this <laughs> sounds a lot like.
0: When we got to college, they tricked us into signing up for credit cards we had no business having with free t-shirts. Yeah. Um, Still paying that and off. And he gives her an application for the Young Astronauts program. And, and then, bar- Brandon barkingly insists that he needs one. Boy, And takes his own. And, and I was going to object. To this, but then I remember the dogs have been going to space far longer than people, so yeah. more power to you, Brandon. In.
1: Here's to you, space dog. And follow in Leica's footsteps.
0: Uh-huh. Maybe not, maybe the maybe not uh, all of them. Maybe come back to us. Brandon. Chelsea.
1: Come back to us. Brandon. Can we just be look? I know that Leica was a tragedy, but uh, Leica did get started on her journey, right? And we can be proud of that.
0: Oh wow, yeah, we can.
1: And you know. Taking risks as part of being a dog. Yeah, she didn't really consent to that journey though, so it's you know, a bit different. I was thinking about it and oh is right in the middle of the word dog.
0: Can we can we can we, we can cut, cut all this? No,
1: what? <laughs> I feel like I made a good point. There are children out there struggling with the space dog program.
0: Oh, my God. His there name really is Andrew because
1: he is still kind of bummed out about the whole thing. So
0: now I'm going to return us to the ordinary world and the Please. plot. Um, Sure. The thing where things are better and stable and repaired, uh, and the hero has either won or lost or changed or learned something. Yeah. And, uh, so we flash back to the present, the diary entry,
1: right? With two minutes left on Punky this in her comfortable wagon.
0: Yeah. And, and Punky and has decided to pursue astronautism no matter how scary it might be.
1: Astronautism. I think that's a <laughs> kink involving love of astronauts, <laughs> oh God. but I get it. Uh, um, and Punky says, as I've alluded to earlier, that if is a word smack in the middle of life, Yes, that taking risks is a part of life. And that's a solid lesson. It's a difficult one for a child to kind of get. But, you know, what's more important than if you have something that you want to do and there's a risk involved, that's just the way it is.
0: Yeah. And uh, Punky, uh, look. I never had any interest, young Chelsea in becoming an astronaut, but I think if Buzz Aldrin had showed up on my doorstep at age nine, I would totally be an astronaut now because you don't spit in the face of that kind of, uh, an intro
1: or make fun of how old he looks.
0: No, you definitely
1: don't just don't do it.
0: Um, and so, uh, so this episode was super well done. Yeah. It, uh, the the care and the altruism of the writer definitely shows through. For sure, um, I'm glad someone addressed this with and kids. I don't think any other very special episodes took this on.
1: It's also heartening that it was the creator, so you can look at this series as something done by somebody who had those sort of motivations, yeah. instead of being like, I don't know, put a kooky kid with a stuffy old guy. She's kind of punky. Yeah, I'm done. That's her name. Let's, oh, my God. Let's go to lunch. Who's going to validate this parking? <laughs> Who's going to
0: validate this parking? Um, yeah. So who did you uh, want to hug?
1: Oh, my God. Um, America? Yeah. the Young me. Well, actually, by the end of this, I want to hug young Miles. Oh, He got worse than the rest of us. Poor little um, guy. I guess you want to hug Punky on this one because she really goes through a, a whole shit ton in this episode. But that's not true. I want to hug Brandon because he's the coolest dog. <sighs>
0: I want to hug Brandon so bad. I want to hug Alan and tell him his dad's an idiot in his ear. Um, But all the kids. What did we learn?
1: Uh, I will say we learned that the word if is right there in the middle of life, man. That's true. And that um, in addition to that, I learned that uh, making a bed out of a wagon is the dumbest fucking idea on the planet. Um, She
0: gets in and out of it real easy, though. What's that? She gets in and out of that bed super easy. Yeah,
1: because it's on wheels and flops this way and that.
0: Yeah, it's, <laughs> she, it's like a wheelchair wagon she hybrid. She probably
1: accidentally gets out of that wagon five times a night. <laughs> <Oops>. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I think that uh, you learn, you know, things... Awful things happen, but that is the risk of undertaking anything you care about.
0: Yeah, and I think I learned that uh, we can't be afraid to start things because sometimes things end badly. Right. That's just part of life. Yeah. It's the same thing you said. Risk is an inherent part of life, and uh, and yeah, that's a good lesson for us even today. Sure, good because, lesson, well taught.
1: You know, in all fairness, anything could have happened when we started this podcast. It's true. There was the podcast disaster last year. Did you not watch that live? Jesus Christ. There's the word odd right there in the middle of the podcast.
0: Uh, Join us next time for a very special episode of Hugging and Learning. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hugging and Learning. You can visit us online at huggingandlearning.com or send us an email at huggingandlearningpodcast at gmail.com.
1: Subscribe, tell your friends about us. You can rate and review.
0: Tell us about your experiences with the things we talked about today.
1: Or suggest what episode you'd like us to do next.
0: Thanks for listening. Our audio engineer is Miles Pulaski and our theme music
1: is by Miles Pulaski. I'm Chelsea. I'm Andrew. See you next time.
0: Bring snacks. Bye.